G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. And as we delve into this week's topic, a reminder that some of the content may be of a sensitive nature. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. So, so good to have you tuning into Momentum. Welcome officially from myself and Dez. And uh, wherever you are around the country, really appreciate you tuning in. You're in for a great show this week because we've got another great guest. But before we get there, Dez, how are you this week? You well? I'm really good, man. Traveling well, even for an old bloke. <laughs> and uh, we're delighted to have, again, uh, Rob Furlong with us, which is fantastic. Thank you, Rob, for joining us. Great to be Just here again. Just by way of introduction, Rob is a senior pastor at Woodville Baptist Church uh, in Perth, and he's been there since 2017. And prior to that, he's been involved in different churches, but as a pastoral consultant, and that blows me away. I think that's a great role. I could, I could probably do that, maybe. But uh, but Rob's very passionate about his leadership development, mission, God's Word, um, and has extensive experience in teaching and training and been open and raw with leaders and and his congregations about how they do life. And just, it's great. So we're delighted to have you here, Rob. And um, you, you've been on radio many, many times, and you've been on Momentum quite a few times too and uh, been a, uh, you always offer so much in terms of wisdom and advice around relationships and we're delighted to have you here today. Oh, it's great to be back. Good to be sharing with you guys again. Well, let's just, on that note, Days, uh, point to last week's show, which was full of meat, uh, facing your shadow, which was last week's show. I really encourage you to yeah. tune in and uh, check that out. Uh, and uh, there was a lot in there. You can get that at uh, MomentumAustralia.org. But we're going to continue with the uh, the unusual names and perhaps themes that you haven't heard. So, Facing Your Shadow last week. This week, we're entering the tunnel of chaos. <laughs> we're entering the tunnel of chaos. It's a great title. Sounds like a train ride. <laughs> sounds like a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> probably, a bit of, probably a bit of both, let's be honest. Um, so, Rob, Rob you're going to explain that for us. What exactly is the tunnel of chaos? But I think you've got a story first to kick things off. Just to look, a very brief story to explain why we need the tunnel of chaos, or another term is to call it a crucial conversation. Right. This comes straight out of Winnie the Pooh, and Winnie the Pooh is filled with wonderful wisdom for life. <laughs> there is the classic story of when uh, Pooh goes around to visit Rabbit for afternoon tea. Rabbit, as you know, lives down in a warren, and Pooh sits there, and the afternoon tea is laid out, but he just eats and eats and eats. Mm. And it's clear that he eats too much because when it comes time to leave, he wants to go out through Rabbit's front door and he gets halfway through and he gets firmly wedged and stuck. Right. And he is unable, so he's got his backside stuck inside of Rabbit's um, warren. Yeah. And Rabbit thinks, well, what I, he starts hanging dish rags and stuff. They're using it to dry him out on Pooh's legs. But, but Pooh's stuck out the other side and his uh, head is out. Uh, halfway through and he's just stuck and he can't move and I just love the way this goes because just just pick up here what should happen and, and, and what is happening and what's not happening so it says Rabbit wanted to go for a walk and finding the front door full he went out by the back door and came round to Pooh and looked at him 
"'Hello, are you stuck?' he asked. "'No,' said Pooh carelessly. "'Just resting and thinking and humming to myself.' "'The fact is,' said Rabbit, "'you're stuck.' "'It all comes,' said Pooh crossly, "'of not having front doors big enough.' <laughs> "'It all comes,' said Rabbit sternly, "'of eating too much.' "'I thought at the time,' said Rabbit. "'Only I didn't like to say anything,' said Rabbit. "'That one of us is eating too much,' said Rabbit. "'And I knew it wasn't me.' <laughs> can, can, you, "'Can you hear what is going on, "'but also what's not going on?' "'I thought yeah. at the time, but I didn't say, say anything.' "'Say anything. <laughs> "'That one of us, that wasn't me, is eating too much.' "'Okay.' So now we've got the now we've got the broader picture. Narrow that down and say, w- w- how does that relate to the tunnel of chaos, or the crucial conversation? Well, they need to have a conversation, don't they? Of honesty, yes. So the whole mm. in the first instance, Pooh has got a problem. <laughs> he can't get out the front door, and when he's confronted with this problem, you know, uh, Rabbit says, "You're stuck." There's a lot of denial going on. No, I'm just thinking and humming to myself. Mm. But then when it gets down to the tin tacks of why he is in the problem that he is and facing this predicament, Rabbit just doesn't want to go there. It's it's a massive hint-dropping exercise. It's, well, I did think at the time that somebody's eating too much and mm. I know it wasn't me. Mm. And you know how we dance around the topic? And it yeah. doesn't achieve anything. It actually makes the other person feel worse. Yeah. And you think, for you, the one doing the hint dropping, in this case, that's what's being done, you think you're doing the right thing, but actually you're not achieving anything. Mm. So, it was actually Bill Hybels that we think first coined this phrase, the tunnel Tunnel of of chaos. chaos, So, explain why it needs to be a tunnel of chaos. If we go down the rabbit warren, so to speak, of having a conversation, why does it need to be a tunnel of chaos? Because let's face it, they're scary conversations. And... The image I do like the image that Bill Hybels used because it's like, okay, here's the issue, whatever it is, we need to talk about this. And he said it's like, because often these are scary issues to talk about. Mm. So he said, when you go, when you dive into it, he said it's like dropping down into a tunnel, and it's dark. Now there is light at the end of the tunnel. That's the good news. Mm. But he said for a period of time we're going to be in here and it's going to be chaotic. And it's going to be, it's going to be scary, and you're going to be out of your comfort zone. But he said the thing is, you go down into the tunnel and you walk through it, and you do come up out the other side. Right. And it's so much better and so much healthier. And it comes back down to confidence too, and your identity. And we've talked about identity before. You know, if you're you're strong in your identity and who you are, then your ability to handle conflict and handle tougher issues is is easier. We keep coming back to this, but a lot does have uh, the influence of your family of origin in this. How did your family mm. of origin do conflict? Mm. Sure. And were honest conversations apart regularly? There might, in my family, the honest conversations were usually done really badly. You're this, 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 this. <laughs> uh, that's, and that's, it came out in anger. Yes, yes. It was honest, but it was brutal yeah. and it wasn't yes. great. Uh, and I've had my moments of doing that as well. But. Yeah, you have to factor that in in terms of how you handle it. And so what I have found as I have been growing in this, the difficulty is you can approach a conflict situation and there will be some trepidation, but you want to be honest, so you are honest. But you do it in a gentle way. Mm. But some people, they just... Mm. And they're not even aware, I think, that they're reacting. They just default... that You can see the default button go on. Mm. And Mm. so when you ask, 
for them, which is an extremely confronting question, and it may be, it may not be, but for them it's like, so I've had the response where they just completely ignored. You ask the question and it's, mm. oh, it's lovely weather we're having, isn't it? It's mm. completely ignored. Well, Or sometimes it might well, they might come back and start- We bite back. Yeah, bite back or accuse you or something. So mm. we deflect. Mm. Rather than yeah. face the issue, we deflect. I mean, let's be honest, though. I mean, and the three of us in this this studio right now. I mean, I don't know that any one of us has been modelled had a conflict resolute particularly well. <laughs> I mean, I certainly haven't. We don't get taught this stuff well, and and you know, we no. try and figure this stuff out, and then and then it does become because we don't we don't have good skills. We don't, yeah. you know, when we when we need to have the conversation, that's probably why most of us shy away from it because we're not actually sure how to do it well. Oh, exactly. We we need to learn good skills for managing conflict and dealing with it. And let's come back to you know what this program is all about in terms of getting men talking. But guys, I'm going to say it again. Do you know the Bible has some brilliant strategies for dealing with conflict? Hmm. And it, it truly does. In fact, I, I reckon if you look at some secular programs there'll be a lot of principles in dealing with conflict there that have come straight out of the bible it Mm. won't be recognized and Mm. they might not even be where they got it from but you can usually trace it right back to the bible the bible has some brilliant ways Mm. of dealing with conflict Mm. okay now we're going to talk about that in just a moment before we enter the the tunnel but can i ask you rob um everybody have we got something to talk about (laughs) (laughs) excuses why rob and i have a a conversation no but this could get ugly but in seriousness uh you know we will have different people in our lives at different stages that we need to have this conversation with you know we need to enter the tunnel with whether it's our wife whether it's our kids whether it's a family member whether it's a work colleague and so my question is generically do we enter the tunnel slightly differently with each member of those people does it look a little different or are there basic principles that we can apply right across the board I think there's some basic principles you can apply across the board. I think the first principle is always to come at it with humility. And I have not always practiced that. You know, in, in particularly in my younger days, oh, I still have my moments now, but I, I come from, the, it's very easy to come from a position of I'm right, you're wrong. And so I have to remind myself to come with humility. And what I mean by that is, and some of it is the language that we use. And Karen and I have been on this journey for a few years now about just using better language about how you approach things. So not coming in and saying, I don't like the way you do X, Y, Z. That's very confronting and very straight in your face. Hmm. Maybe a better way to approach it, or I think a better way to approach it is, you could use language like, can we have a conversation? Some people use the terminology, can I have Can I have permission to deal with a particular issue or, or, or whatever? Uh, and then it's, so it's the language that you use and how you convey that. And so, for example, if it, it could be a minor issue, and this works really well, but you, it, it might be something that the person's doing that's annoying you. Hmm. And the way to approach it is to say, look, I've noticed... Do you know what I'm saying? See, you're using different language. I've noticed. But actually providing a solution helps. Hmm. I was wondering if. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? So providing a solution. So you, And then you talk about it. So you open up the door to talk about it. And inevitably you come to a solution together. But if you can – because the other person might think, well, no, that's, I don't think that's going to work. But it's how we approach it. And I think we've got to come from the position – 
of humility that I may be seeing this incorrectly or might be seeing it wrongly. Well, let's take a short break right there. Let's come back in the second part of the show and have a look at those skills and, the, and how we actually enter the tunnel, what it looks like, and how do we come out the other side so that everybody wins and hopefully the relationship is stronger. You're listening to Momentum. Our special guest is Rob Furlong. We're going to enter the tunnel of chaos on the other side of this break. In the meantime, love you to check out the website, MomentumAustralia.org. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Momentum a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. Welcome back to part two of this week's show. Wherever you are around the country, really appreciate you tuning in. MomentumAustralia.org is the website. It is Momentum with uh, Tim and Des. And our special guest is Rob Furlong. We're talking about uh, the tunnel of chaos. And we've talked a bit about what that is, essentially having a crucial conversation. And, uh, you know, Rob, we've let's set the scene then. Let's, let's take people and give them an example of what it is to enter the tunnel, how to have the conversation, sure. how to end the conversation well so that hopefully everybody wins and the relationship is actually stronger as a result as opposed to, you know, blowing the relationship apart. Uh, we, we've, so, paint a picture. We've got something that we need to have a conversation to someone about. How do we even start the process? You said language was important, but how do we start and, and I suppose, invite them into yeah. the tunnel with us? And maybe maybe one the example we could use is, let, let's just say you're aware that someone's giving you the cold shoulder. Right. Every time you're with them, they're, they're giving you the cold shoulder. And you know something's wrong. You know something is wrong between the two of you, but you don't know. The, the first thing, actually, just in terms of personal preparation, let's talk about that personally prepared so don't make assumptions that's easier said than done Mm. but it's best Mm -hmm. not to make assumptions that's why you're having the conversation the the, the conversation will help you not to make assumptions if that makes sense (laughs) because we jump to so many conclusions so the reason we're having this conversation is so that I won't keep jumping to conclusions and saying uh, A plus B equals this and that's why this is happening so don't make assumptions the other thing in preparing uh, your heart, actually, pardon me, pray about it. Commit it to God. Say to God, Lord, prepare my heart and prepare so-and-so's heart hmm. for them to receive it and to hear it. So that's just a little bit of personal preparation. Most important thing, so let's say you got to the point where you're going to have this conversation with the person. It must be done privately. Hmm. Absolutely yeah. has to be done privately. This is not something to be done in front of other people. It must be done privately. So whether you organise to have coffee with the person or there's somewhere you can sit quietly to talk about this, whatever, but it must be done privately. And I suggest, I've said to people, bring it up, bring the conversation up with something like this. It doesn't have to be the exact words, but something like this. When we catch up lately, it feels like you don't want to be around me or that I've done something to offend you. Do you see there's no accusation in that comment? Hmm. You're not saying hmm. you're doing this. You're saying, you're talking about your feelings. You're saying, it feels like you don't want to be around me or that I've done something to offend you. 
So it's the language you use. You could say this as well. I want you to know I'm not accusing you of anything. I could be misreading this completely. So do you see that's the humility? You could, you're, you're mm. actually saying, I could be wrong about this. Mm. But if there is a problem between us, then I would like to talk about it and clear the air. Right. So I think that the language, it's actually, it's very honest, but it's soft in the sense there's no accusation. You're not coming yeah. at it from an angry point of view and you're not making assumptions. And, and you're actually acknowledging, I could be completely wrong. This could be, you know, <laughs> my own insecurities mm. or whatever. Mm. Now, the thing is, the, actually the best outcome could be, huh, absolutely nothing wrong. You know, the, I'm, you know, look, I'm aware sometimes I'm a bit like whatever, I might be a bit aloof or whatever, but no, there's nothing wrong. Mm. That could be a great outcome. Or there could be something, mm. which we'll mm. talk about in a moment. But the thing is, you've done it quietly. You haven't complained about the person to other people, and that's important. You've gone to the person to talk with them privately. I mean, look, it may be appropriate to say to someone else, you don't have to mention names. You might want to say, I've got a difficult conversation coming up. Can you pray for me? Whatever, mm. that, that, that that can be appropriate. Mm. But it's privately between the two of you and you're not spreading this around. Mm. That's really, really good advice. And I guess the only thing I would add to that is think long and hard before you go into the conversation. Yes, you know, think through what the issues might be. Think through how you feel about it, so so that you're going to it, you know, not a, not in anger, but but in a rational, calm way to start the conversation like you've just said. Mm. I think that's really important, Des, because if it was something more than say the cold shoulder, if there was a real issue, so the language is still going to change. But that's where it's important to think it through what you're saying, because you can think out how yeah. can I raise this subject. Uh, yeah. Do it in a gentle way. So yeah, thinking, giving yourself time and space to think it through. Really good advice. A final thought for me before we wrap this up completely is as we're basically talking a bit about then this crucial conversation, the tunnel of chaos. But it, it does come down to conflict and conflict management, conflict resolution. Having the conversation is a good thing, but do we do other things as men to try and kind of stop going down this track, or we do it in a in a manly way that doesn't really deal with the issue, but we kind of shun it off, or we joke about it, or you know we make fun of it, or something like like that. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I think the number one thing we do as men is we blame, right? And that's as old as Adam. <laughs> what happens when God turns up in the garden and He says to Adam, "Who told you that you were naked? What have you done?" And what does Adam do? The woman. You gave me. <laughs> so he moves. First he blames Eve. Then he's blaming God. Like, think about that. The woman you gave me, she she did it. If you hadn't given me her. Yeah, exactly. In the first place. It's not, I think that's the number one thing we do as blokes. We shift blame. Yeah. And to, with some of the things that you mentioned, yeah, we can do, we can joke it off, we can ignore it, we can deny it. You know what I mean? But I think our number one default position we want to shift blame. <laughs> what are you talking to me about this mm. for? And the more we do that, the more we're going to ignore and not face the stuff that we need to face. Yeah, yeah. 
Rob Furlong has been our special guest once again this week on Momentum. Uh, the Tunnel of Chaos has been our topic this week. And uh, again, encourage you to go back and listen to this and get some amazing tips and advice there as how to do this well. Rob, we really appreciate your input once again in Momentum over the last few weeks, mate. There's been a lot in that. And uh, encourage you guys to, be here. to go back to the website. Check it out, MomentumAustralia.org. Rob, thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you again later in the year, I'm sure. Thank you. Look forward to it. Des, appreciate you being here, my friend. It's just really good. Uh, it's been a lovely conversation, great, uh, tough conversations in many ways uh, over the last two weeks, and so it's uh, it's really cool. Thanks so much for tuning into Momentum this week. Wherever you are around Australia, we really appreciate you uh, doing that. And again, you can check out this show and others online at the website, MomentumAustralia.org. We'd love your feedback. We'd love your questions. If you've got topics you'd like us to think about and talk about on the show, by all means, send them through. And as we said, again, we are a not-for-profit ministry. If you can support Momentum in any way, shape, or form, to keep us on there, we'd love your financial support online at MomentumAustralia.org. Tim and Dave signing off for now. We'll be back with you next week. Until then, you take care. God bless. You've been listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.